0: Matthew 30 1-23 The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake, such large and proud gathered around him that he got into a boat, and saying it, Why all the people stood on the shore? Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, Whoever has ears, let
1: them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not understand in them is fulfilled the prophecy of isaiah you will be ever hearing but never understanding you will be ever seeing but never perceiving for the people's hearts have come become callous they hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes otherwise they might be seeing with their eyes hear with their ears understand with their hearts and turn i would heal them the blessed are your eyes because you see, and your ears because you hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. making it unfruitful. But seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown.
0: Good morning. I want to tell you a story of a piece of fried chicken. There was a guy. He was very, very well dressed. He was funny, engaging, entertaining and friendly. And as he walked along, he dropped a piece of fried chicken and also a crisp packet onto the ground. The wind took this fried chicken and this uh, crisp packet and it blew them onto a drain. And the crisp packet fell through the grates of the drain. The fried chicken, however, became stuck in the grates. Shortly afterwards, a pigeon came down and pecked at it took two bites and quickly flew away, wasn't impressed. Then along came a rat. The rat began to gnaw at this piece of chicken and it stopped, decided it wasn't good and went away. Finally, a sheep came along and the sheep looked, was interested and began to nibble, enjoyed the taste, took a bit more, ate the whole of the piece of fried chicken and then wandered off on its way. Shortly afterwards, the sheep's stomach began to rumble and it faced great pain and slowly but surely died an agonising death. Thanks for tuning into our service today. I hope you've got a lot from this sermon and we look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Hi. So how did you like the parable of the dirty chicken? Now, it's quite interesting, isn't it? If that had been all I said today, then you might have felt a little bit disappointed, a little bit cheated. You might have thought, I've cleared time in my schedule to hear someone speak and all they're talking about is a piece of fried chicken. Now, the reason I use that illustration is just because in one sense, that's how Jesus taught. People came often a great distance to hear him. Maybe they're expecting great theological teaching and sometimes Jesus would just speak in a series of simple everyday stories that we call parables. And yet those parables had tremendous impact and just over the last couple of weeks as a church we've been looking at some of the teaching methods of Jesus. Last week John warned us Uh, of the warnings of scripture and the woes and and unpacked a little bit of that for us. And I'm going to be looking today at parables because Jesus spent a lot of his time teaching in parables. In fact, it's been estimated that about 30 to 35 percent of the recorded words of Jesus were involved with him speaking parables. You know, that word parable, you may not be familiar with it. I was always taught, and it's quite a useful definition, that a a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So just think about that, that Jesus taught in earthly stories with heavenly meanings. But I think we need to unpack it a little bit more than that as well. The words that are used for a parable in the New Testament encompass things such as a, a riddle or a story or a proverb. They uh, they paint a picture. Somebody actually once helpfully said that parables are a window that helps us to see through that window a much bigger picture behind it. And so we should be thinking about what is it Jesus was doing when he was teaching in parables. First thing I want us to see is that parables reveal, and parables also obscure parables reveal but they also obscure so why did jesus use picture language well in one sense he wanted people to be able to understand so he used imagery things that they were familiar with jesus was passionate about being understood by ordinary people and so some of the imagery some of the pictures he uses are very simple so that anybody could get it he wasn't just interested in preaching to the intelligent or the religious elite or those who had a big education jesus taught in very simple ways to make his message understood by ordinary people Um, but also sometimes jesus actually used parables to challenge people to look deeper you know very often we we want the the biggest return for the least effort and parables actually challenge that they require us to look a little bit more closely in parables sometimes we don't just have to uh, uh, just hear it once but we have to really think about what it is that Jesus was saying if parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings I want to say to you that the meanings behind them are often not that clear. What happens with parables is that we're drawn in and we're forced to look again. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, here's a story. What do you really think about it? And and in looking at it, we're forced to do a double take and to look more closely. What at first appears to be the truth often isn't the thing that Jesus is is honing in on. And so with parables, we're forced to go and look more closely. Sometimes our initial reaction isn't the right one. Very often, it's really interesting that Jesus takes people on a journey. So he begins to tell a story and it's very easy to get on board with that story. And And sometimes we begin to cast ourselves in the light of the the good guy in the story or the light of the hero. And then there's something about the parable that just flips itself on its head. And we realize that what we thought we understood, we don't really. Sometimes uh, we have to look again. We have to look and really search out what is the point that Jesus was making I don't believe that Jesus deliberately obscures things in a perverse way just to, uh, because he wants to leave you frustrated. But it's almost like camouflage. It's there. It's hidden in plain sight. Parables can have a, a different effect depending upon our hearts. It's very often the condition of our heart that determines how we respond to the parables of Jesus. One of the interesting things here in this passage about the parable of the sower, which is what I'm really preaching on today, not the uh, parable of the dirty chicken. But one of the things that Jesus does here is that he actually unpacks it. It's one of the times where the disciples and we see here in Matthew, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, why do you teach in parables? Why all these stories? And it's really interesting as Jesus unpacks to his disciples why it is that he teaches in parables. So we're going to look at that from verses 11 to 13. Jesus says this in response to that question Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why. I speak to them in parables, though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. So here we see Jesus responding very directly to that question. And there's that sense in which Jesus makes the point that actually sometimes people can hear and not really hear, they can see but never really understand. And in verse 16 he says, but blessed are you, because your eyes, because they see and your ears, because they hear. You know, it's unmistakable here. Jesus is referencing Isaiah. And when Isaiah responded to the call of God, we see that God speaks to him and actually warns him that he would be heard, but not heard, that people wouldn't be able to comprehend his message that it wouldn't always be people responding in faith to what he had to say but sometimes the condition of the people's hearts would prevent them from actually hearing and understanding. In one sense the truth becomes obscured because our hearts are in a wrong place and Jesus is here likening himself to that and basically saying that the responses of our hearts The conditions of our hearts sometimes obscure the truth that Jesus came to bring. If we're really serious about understanding what Jesus is saying in the parables, we need to look at the condition of our heart. Here in this parable of the sower or the parable of the soils, it could uh, more accurately be called. We see that um, the, the heart of it is how people respond to the teaching and the words of Jesus. Secondly, parables take different forms. Some of the parables of Jesus are pretty easy to follow. Others of them, the meaning takes a lot more to figure out. Sometimes they're stories with a plot, a bit like the Good Samaritan. That's a parable that most of us are probably familiar with. Sometimes they're examples from everyday life. Uh, Sometimes they're Uh, very evocative the word pictures speak deeply but in all of them they're designed to elicit a response and that's why this passage of the parable of the sower is important because it speaks about how do we respond what's the soil of our life like when God speaks are we productive are our lives fruitful because we have an openness to hear and obey the word of God you know, to understand the parables, it takes some time to think about the references, what's being referred to, remembering. And here's a key thing that to his original hearers, Jesus used uh, stories and situations that they would be familiar with. And we are now tasked in the 21st century with trying to get our head inside of that which means trying to listen to those parables not just through our ears today but thinking about how might the first hearers have experienced the parables of jesus in one sense we need to try and get the context we need to try and get the references i heard one commentator speaking on this and they were talking about sometimes parables are like jokes jokes are funny Because of the things that make it up and they make sense if you get the references. And if you don't, well, sometimes they're not funny and the joke doesn't have an impact. And uh, you can try to explain that to somebody. Have you ever had somebody explain a joke to you that everybody else finds funny, but somehow you don't get the references to? And when they explain it, it just doesn't have that same impact. And so we need to try really hard to think about how did the original hearers experience the parables of Jesus? What were the references that they understood? One of the reasons that I wanted to preach out of this passage in talking about the parables is also because it's a passage that probably most of us can get some of the references to. Now even though we live in London most of us and we're, we're pretty urban people, we get the idea of sowing a seed and growing. Maybe you've got a garden, maybe you had a garden back home, who knows. But but actually, for me, uh, the parable of the sower makes a lot more sense now to me than it used to. You know, partly that's because a couple of years ago, we got an allotment up to that point. I'd always lived in a flat, you know vegetables come from the grocery store right i didn't really think about the ground and how that produces things but actually understanding what it is to grow stuff has really helped me to look at this parable in a different way i've planted seed only to have birds come and snatch it away it's really interesting it happens you know or the fox to come and dig it up i've understood that weeds are a pest And actually, if you get loads of weeds, they choke away the plant that you're trying to grow and your harvest is a lot less because of the weeds. I've seen how soil matters. You know, a few years ago, I would have just said soil is just dirt and you throw whatever seed in and somehow it comes out. I remember the first time I heard about the different pH of the soil and uh, it's more suitable for certain things or some things grow well in this soil, but not in that soil. And it helps me to understand when Jesus is talking about the soil of one's life and and whether it's going to be fruitful or not. To help us understand this passage, we see that Jesus is on a floating pulpit. He's preaching off a boat. It's a good way to be able to address the crowds. I'm kind of wondering if uh, Peter or one of the other disciples got bored or it was going along, they might want to rock the boat and end the sermon early. Hopefully that's not what you're thinking right now about ending the sermon early. Um, But Jesus is speaking from this boat. And actually what we see is that Jesus is becoming very popular. And Jesus does what he consistently did when he became popular. He began to talk about. The difficulties of following him, he began to make people aware of the impact of the choice that they needed to make. Jesus didn't want just to have a crowd of people. So he uses these parables almost to see who's really interested, who's prepared to look deeper or who just heard there's a great new rabbi in town. Go hear him. Jesus actually uses these parables to kind of sort through and sift those who are serious i think with parables we have to be careful about overly allegorizing them it's very easy to see each individual constituent part as something with great meaning and in the history of the church people have taught an awful lot of nonsense out of parables because they say this represents this and that represents this and this represents this and essentially they choose a meaning and then backdate that into the parable and we need to be very careful about that. I want us to see next that parables essentially need to speak to you and me and not to someone else. Parables essentially need to speak to you and me and not to someone else. It's really easy when we hear a parable to think about it, to understand it, to want the meaning and to want to understand it but to actually miss the point for example here the parable of the sower is not just for you to figure out which one of your friend's life that you've been sharing Jesus with is going to be fruitful or which one of them is going to be uh, a bad soil no no the idea is to cause you to think about how do you respond When you hear the word, when I read this parable, I need to be confronted and forced to look at how do I respond when I hear the word of God? I don't need to be hearing it just for someone else. I need to be hearing it. For me, it's easy to hear a sermon and to think so and so really needs to hear this. What's interesting in the parables is that very often the first bit gets us on board it gets us on board the story we often cast ourselves in the light of the hero we agree with it we think we know where it's going and then it turns on its head think about the parable of the good samaritan you know those people hearing might have thought when it started off about uh then along comes the religious man they might have been thinking yes he's going to help them when he didn't they may have been surprised But could you imagine how it would have turned on its head when they realized that the hero of the story was the Samaritan, the person they looked down on, the person they didn't think was good enough. And Jesus very often used parables to mess with people's understanding of who was an insider and who was an outsider. Sometimes people could hear the parables and think, yes, I'm on the right side of this Go on, Jesus, give it to those people who aren't good enough. And then Jesus flips it around and he makes the outsider, the insider. And those who were the insiders have to cause to really examine themselves. Sometimes Jesus shocked his hearers with the twists in his parables. I heard a very helpful idea. Somebody said, try to understand the parables by beginning to think about how would i experience this if i was sitting at the feet of jesus and hearing it for the first time sometimes we grow so accustomed and familiar to the teachings of jesus and we need to be challenged to take a fresh look and i want to encourage you take a fresh look at your own heart today finally parables demand a response. What we see is that the parables reveal the heart and the intention of the hearer and challenge us about how we respond specifically to the message and ministry of Jesus. The parables cause us to focus on who Jesus is and his message and how we respond to that. That's why the parable of the sower is such an important one. Because it really reveals our heart in how we respond to Jesus. What is my response when confronted with the word of God? And I want us to see that here in the parable of the sower, we we're given four examples of the different kinds of soils, the different kind of response to Jesus. The first one is the path. It's like seed falls on the path and nothing goes in. You know I studied French for three years at secondary school and I know about four words literally for three years 28 of us in our class sat there and partly because of our situations in life but mostly because the teacher was pretty useless absolutely nothing went in in pretty much any of us and you know there are people who can hear the word of God time and time again and none of it goes in. The second example that Jesus used is the rocky place, those people who receive with great joy. In verse 20, it says the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. That's something that I think many of us have experienced. We've seen people who've made what may have turned out to be quite a superficial response to the gospel. Maybe you see elements of that in your own life, in your own heart. But then difficulty comes. Maybe uh, family pressure comes. I always remember a friend of mine who came to Christ from a a real terrible background of crime and drugs and all sorts and i remember his wife said to him when he was clean but following jesus and making good decisions and she said i preferred life before you were a mess but we had a much better life we had much more money and that was a terrible thing for him it was a terrible pressure on him i want you to think about your own life maybe uh, the difficult times have come and it's tempting to have the joy of following Jesus stolen away. Those of you who come from uh, maybe other backgrounds, some of us who've, some of uh, people watching this even who've come from uh, backgrounds in Islam know what it is to face family pressure to abandon your faith and instead to go back to what is simpler. And so some people They receive the word with joy and that's the thing Jesus is mentioning here but then the troubles come. Persecution for the sake of the word and they end up walking away. The third example Jesus gives is thorns. It falls amongst the thorns. Uh, In verse 22 we see the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but the worries of this life And the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. It's interesting, isn't it? The deceitfulness of wealth and the cares of this world. Those things really do shape how we respond to the word of God. If money is our God, if success, if self-esteem if if we make these things an idol how people think about us that we want to be respected it will always limit the impact of the word of god as we come to the scripture as we as we have uh, the bible explained to us do we have open hearts or are we thinking what does this mean for our status the desire to be rich can be such a snare Somebody said that money makes a great servant, but a poor master. And I found that to be completely and utterly true. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Brothers and sisters, we really need to ask God to deal with our hearts on that so that our hearts are responsive. Again, the whole idea of the parables is to draw us in and to almost in one sense capture that. That sense of being impacted and to draw us to replace of response, not just to sit on the fence. But then we also read of the good soil that produces a harvest. Verse 23, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. In other words, to approach the word with an open heart Saying, God, I want to understand it, not just with my head, but with my heart, and I want to be changed by it. And again, when it comes to understanding why Jesus taught in parables, because he wanted people to be able to understand, but he wanted to draw them to a place of response. You know, because Jesus demanded response, the parables often focus on the kingdom of God. It's the now and the not yet when we speak of the kingdom of god it's the now and the not yet that which is and that which confronts us about what is to come but also the parables force us to the point of decision they force us to really understand our role and our need to make a decision you see hearing the parables of jesus hearing any of the teachers of jesus actually bring with it a responsibility what am i going to do with what i've heard and the parables often in a very powerful way tug at the heart they remind us of the future but they call us to make a decision in the now many of the parables find a focus on finding grace now or facing future judgment they force us to think about finding grace now or facing future judgment the point is that our response in the now determines our future the uh, parable that jesus speaks after the one of the sower is the pearl of great price and i love that that encapsulates the idea of a response when the man finds the pearl of great price what does he do he gives up everything and the call to follow jesus the call to be in the kingdom of God is to leave everything behind because when one finds Christ, one finds the pearl of great price, which is worth leaving absolutely everything behind for. It's really interesting in the parables we often see that when lost things are found, then there is great, great joy. Brothers and sisters, there is great joy awaiting those who hear the teachings of Jesus and make a choice to follow him. Two things I want you to think about as we close today. Firstly, take time and again and read through the parables of Jesus and allow them to speak to you and to provoke you to response. Remember, when looking at the parables, try to keep the main point, the main point. Don't get sidetracked looking for hidden meaning in all kinds of side points. Allow the main points, the thing that Jesus is is getting at, to speak into your heart. And then secondly, specifically today, just take some time to ask the Lord to show you the state of your own heart. Are you open to hear and receive with joy the teachings of Jesus? God bless you.